Psalm 131 My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful to me. But I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. Charles Spurgeon once said this psalm was one of the shortest to read, but one of the longest to learn. Seems about right, doesn't it? It touches on the idea of humbling oneself, of resting and contenting yourself in God, and that we're not in control of our lives or even the world nearly half as much as we think we are. These are hard enough to understand, never mind to put into practice. But how relevant have they been this year? The idea of not concerning ourselves with matters too great for us has been all too real because there have been plenty of matters we could have concerned ourselves with. 2020 has been a bit like that Billy Joel song, We Didn't Start the Fire, except with a really long list of incredibly unfortunate things. The most unfortunate of which are obviously Liverpool winning the Premier League and Elon Musk's baby name. But it's been a long and tough year for so many people. And at this time of year, we usually reflect and hope and plan for the year ahead. But think back to this time last year. What had you planned? What were you hoping for? What were you dreaming for? And how did that pan out? Now, I don't want this message to be heard as one that discourages dreaming and planning. Not at all. God makes people dreamers. He gives them visions. He gives them promises. But more often than not, our own dreams and plans are rooted in a desire for our own greatness and accomplishment. We are restless and discontent people and hope the next thing, the next goal, the next job, the next trip, the next person will satisfy it. And it often doesn't. God tells us to bring him our needs. But are we more preoccupied with God meeting our needs than him actually meeting with us? Writing on this psalm we have just read, Psalm 131, Tim Keller says this. A nursing child held by its mother is highly aware of the milk she can offer and will squirm and cry if denied. A child who has been weaned, like that in verse 2, however, and no longer nurses, is content to just be with its mother, enjoying her closeness and love without wanting anything else. We so often approach God only for what he can give, rather than simply to rest in his presence, end quote. So rather than plans and goals and aspirations, why not let your hope for 2021 be just that, to rest in God's presence? It doesn't sound too appealing, maybe, because when I was asked to speak on new rest this morning, I thought, People don't want to hear about rest. They spent months in their pyjamas watching Tiger King and begging 400 banana breads. People don't want to hear about rest. They want job security. 
They want a vaccine. They want to hug all of their extended family. People don't want rest. They want to dance the night away before going off on a city break, throwing their face masks into the air and raising a toast to Bill Gates and Dolly Parton. People don't want rest. But the reality is we're tired and we don't know what is next. To be honest, we never have. We've never known what is next. But just this year, the reality of control has been completely shattered. The truth is, if you're tired now, that won't miraculously change when the calendar changes to the 1st of January. As well as a time for dreaming and hoping, this is also a time for remembering. At this time of year, we can often remember loved ones that are no longer with us. My great aunt passed away a few years ago. She was one of my favourite people and she loved Jesus and made other people feel so loved because of it. I was really blessed to be really close to her. And while she gave lots of really good advice, she always spoke about rest. She would always say, rest yourself, which I know doesn't seem too wild or revolutionary, but to me at the time it did. Because she usually said it when I was super stressed. She usually said it during exam times, when I was doing A-levels or at university. When I thought I needed to achieve the grades I needed or the world would end. When the advice from my peers and from teachers was work, work, work. And when caffeine had replaced sleep. During these times, it was strange to hear a voice softly and lovingly say, rest yourself. And while I thought this was nice advice, I thought it didn't really take into account the bigger picture. It didn't take into account the bigger picture of deadlines that needed to be met and how stressful everything was. But over the past few months, I've been reflecting on this advice and realise it took into account a much bigger picture than I could see at the time. In his book, Garden City, John Mark Comer reminds his readers that the creation story begins with God working and ends with God resting. Quote, God who does not need sleep or a day off or a vacation, who doesn't get tired or worn down or grouchy, who is without parallel to any other being in the universe rested. And at the risk of sounding like a broken record, I want you to remember that we are made in his image that we are made to mirror and mimic what God is like. God works, so we work. God rests, so we rest. I don't know about you, but I find it easier to recognise what good work looks like more than good rest. And I really hope that you've learned good rest better than I have this year. Because I've seen that it's easy to think that cancelling plans or a change in routine or even boredom is rest. But in reality, it's not. Because we can still make ourselves busy or even exhausted by anxious hearts or overactive minds. Speaking of this kind of discontent, John Ortberg says that Psalm 23 doesn't say, The Lord's my shepherd, therefore I got her on faster. No. He says that the psalmist said it's important to not be afraid of doing nothing. He said to plan on such times. 
He said it would be important to deal with the panic of not being busy, to allow yourself to be in the panic, feeling it roll over you and not go for the fix. This is the kind of calming and quieting of the heart Psalm 131 speaks of. Feeling the panic roll over you and not going for the fix. Okay, so we've established that rest is part of what we're made to do. But we don't seem to be very good at it and it seems to be quite hard. So what can we do? Well, I'm no expert, but I think that there's two key things. The first is acknowledging God's love. Now this sounds really airy-fairy, but it's not. Because rest is not a passive thing, it's active. A yes to rest means a thousand no's to other things, both practical things and lies. When we forget how deeply loved we are, we can think that love is something we need to earn. We can exhaust ourselves by striving and achieving and looking for our work in every other place. Or when we forget how deeply loved we are, the world may say, seem heavy and dissatisfying and exhausting as we lose sight of the fact that we are made with a purpose. A.W. Tozer says, To men and women everywhere, Jesus said, Come on to me and I will give you rest. The rest he offers is the rest of meekness, the blessed relief which comes when we accept ourselves for what we are and cease to pretend. We are not in control. We are not invincible. But these things matter little when we fully acknowledge how wonderfully and powerfully loved we are. You are deeply loved by God with a love that is not earned, with a love that gives life. Do you need to be reminded? Embrace it. Let it embrace you and rest in it. Like the weaned child, enjoy God's closeness and love without wanting anything else. Because when we fully embrace it, there's little more we could want. The second thing is peace. Another favourite phrase of my aunt's was, this too shall pass. I've been thinking about it over the past few months. You'll have heard it before. It's a phrase, phrase that's prevalent in most cultures and languages because of, the pre, because of the temporary ephemeral nature of the human condition. Clocks tick, clocks tick and leaves fall. The sun rises and sets. People grow older every day. Everything on earth passes by. A wireless phrase is usually used to encourage people in difficult times. We have to acknowledge that the same is true for good things. They will pass away as well. Merry Christmas. <laughs> that all sounds a bit depressing, sorry. But it wasn't depressing when she said it. It was said with a peace. Because when somebody says, this too shall pass, it sounds a little different when they have a hope in the one thing that endures. She said it with a peace. And this is the point that's important. Peace and rest are interconnected. This peace is part of the Christmas story. In Luke 2, we hear of the events surrounding Jesus' birth and how an angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds living out in the fields nearby as they kept watch over their flocks at night. You'll know it 
You've probably heard it every Christmas, but I just want to read it for you one more time. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in the manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. Peace on earth to those on whom his favour rests. It's so important that a heavenly host came to declare it. His peace will rest on those who rest in him. Peace is not the absence of reality or even of your current circumstances or the absence of difficulty. It's the presence of Jesus. God will not abandon you in your chaos. He wants to meet you in it. He wants to meet you in your chaos and replace it with his peace. As we approach a new year, it's so easy for our hopes and dreams and aspirations to be accompanied by so many questions. What is next? What am I doing? Where am I going? Am I where I'm supposed to be? All of these questions are normal and valid. But let your heart receive the peace of this truth. No matter your circumstances or what's going on around you, his presence is the best place you can be in. And if you're in his presence, be assured you're in the right place. I really hope you can dream big in 2021. But all the best dreams come from good rest. I want to pray a prayer by Henry Newman over you. Dear Lord, speak gently in my silence. When the loud outer voices of my surroundings and the loud inner voices of my fears keep pulling me away from you, help me to trust that you're still there even when I am unable to hear you. Give me ears to listen to your small soft voice saying, Come to me, you who are overburdened, and I will give you rest. For I am gentle and humble in heart. Let that loving voice be my guide. Amen. Blessings for 2021. This too shall pass, but his love won't, so why not rest in it?